well, hello and welcome, and welcome and hello. Come in, come in, come in. The weather out there has been so dreadful or delightful lately, hasn't it? But you've come to the right place, I can assure you. So, go ahead. Wash your teeth, brush your face, have a cozy sit-stand or lie down, and close your eyes wide awake. Because I've got a story to tell you. New Year's Eve in a cellar, awaiting the future. Now, Alistair lived a long and sometimes healthy life, but one of his first memories was huddling in a corner of his family's cellar, his father sobbing, his mother stroking Alistair's head and whispering, sometimes chanting prayers, and a set of grandparents singing songs of their ancestors' sacrifices and the rewards to come. A great storm raged above ground. Alistair was perhaps three, perhaps four, and it was New Year's Eve, 1899. A new century was dawning. The world was changing at speeds never imagined, and his parents knew, perhaps, that the world was ending. Their congregation had seen signs written in their thick, old book. Alistair had in the past, and would continue to do so into the future, defended his family's beliefs because there was love in them. At the very base of their beliefs was an element of love, a love of family and friends. The leaders of the congregation had somewhere and sometime added a large helping of damnation into their recipe and tried to blend them together. And if you try that at home in the comfort of your kitchen, you will find that the mixture does not so easily mix. You must press, you must knead, you must remove, and you must hold together what remains by force until you can no longer see the difference between love and fear. It is, of course, important to add at this time, as Alistair would have added at that time, that there were certainly leaders who held fast to peaceful tenants, who kept themselves and offered sage advice when asked. But in a book so thick and old, it is so easy to find what you want be it peace or be it fear. And to preach the principles of fear, you need only guide your congregation away from the pages that express love. And Alistair's congregation had been chosen. There had been signs. The world was crumbling, and there are many to blame for that, but none of the chosen. They needed only to wait in their cellars. The Savior was on his way to save them, and Alistair's earliest memory was of patiently waiting, his father sobbing, his mother whispering, sometimes chanting prayers, his grandparents singing their ancestral sacrifices and rewards to come so loudly, and the same grandfather who had lovingly tied Alistair's left hand behind his back until Alistair learned to favor his God-chosen right hand, winked at Alistair as if to say, 
This is it. Good things are coming. There was a world to inherit, and it was not this world. Above them, and off in the distance, and the world that was not theirs, thunder crashed, lightning struck, and bombs, perhaps, blew up. But there was waiting to do. And they waited. And prayed. And waited. A savior was coming. That was Alistair's first memory. His father sobbing, his mother whispering, sometimes chanting prayers, and his grandparents singing songs of their sacrifices and their deserved rewards, all waiting for an end to a doom world, perhaps blowing up above them, that they had grown tired of. They waited for a knock, waited for a sign. Days passed and nights passed. The sounds of lightning and thunder and bombs perhaps blowing up had been replaced by a mysterious pounding. Loud, hollow, mysterious pounding from all directions. And Alistair's second memory was looking to his father sobbing and his mother whispering, sometimes chanting prayers, and asking a single question. Why can't we look outside? Alistair and his whole family had been told from the beginning that there is a mystery that we will never entirely understand. There is something beyond us. It was nice to be reminded of that and to be with people who felt the same, but funny enough, that knowledge could be universally acquired in hundreds of different languages and beliefs by a day or two of simply living. And Alistair, in his three, perhaps four-year-old way, wanted to know why a single book and some high-ranking leaders now had all the answers to all their beginnings and ends. Alistair wanted to know why they needed to be afraid. He wanted to know whether the words written in the book were written by a god who was sometimes happy and sometimes vengeful, or by men who were sometimes happy or sometimes vengeful. He wanted to know how peace, hope, and love could be translated into hatred and violence. He wanted to know why a select few could reap so much, could puncture the earth, let her bleed, and wait patiently for heaven. He wanted to know why they were afraid of new discovery. And he wanted to know why no one else was questioning. Now, Alistair did not know that he wanted to know that at the time. He was too young to understand the depths of his question. But in his three, perhaps four-year-old way, he questioned how, with confines so great, could humanity possibly improve. And his family stopped. His father stopped sobbing. His mother stopped whispering, sometimes chanting prayers. 
and his grandparents even stopped singing of their past sacrifices. For a moment, they all stopped and listened. The hollow pounding outside could still be heard. It was more faint, but it was still there, still hollow, still mysterious, still pounding and pounding and pounding from all directions and farther away, but still hollow, pounding. Alistair's father wiped the tears from his eyes and looked to Alistair's mother. His mother unfolded her hands and looked to her parents, who looked to little Alistair. They all wondered whether they could tell the difference between love and fear anymore. They did not know how or when to even start, so they simply decided to start at that moment. They would challenge the pounding. And though they still feared, they could not get over that so easily, and they were told not to. They opened the cellar doors. They walked up the steps, looked into the light, and ran straight into the heart of the pounding. The storm had come and gone long ago. Damage had been done. But in the sunlight, they could see the source of the pounding from all directions, and Alistair's family raced towards it before they missed their chance. Off in the distance, the land was filled with saviors, and they were all swinging hammers. They were all rebuilding. Any organization or belief that tells you not to question has only one answer. And in Alistair's opinion, it was always wrong. <laughs>